Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. What's up, Beth? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday everyone, after Turkey Day. I was going to say, does anyone fit in their pants? <laughs> I don't know. I wear some really stretchy pants on Thanksgiving know, right? and all the days after it. Me too. I think I texted you I had to change my pants. Oh my gosh, yesterday. yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you did. BRB, guys. Yeah, I gotta I want go. some more mac and cheese. Right. I know. Well, I only had leggings on, but at some point, you're like, even the leggings feel tight because leggings are tight in general. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. I, so like I'm going to go put on something and Emery's like more comfortable than what you're wearing. And I was like, you don't understand. It's really tight on me right now. You just need a change sometimes. Yes. Like, even yes. if it's like a very similar pair of pants, it's like, they just feel better. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just to let it loose for a minute. I know, right? <laughs> um, I was I just recently, like a few minutes ago before we jumped on here, was looking at your Thanksgiving table, which looked very nice, by the way. But we had like essentially the exact same foods, which I thought was interesting. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we had mac and cheese, the mm-hmm. broccoli salad. I made your broccoli salad. Mm-hmm. Well, I did too. Yep. <laughs> Fan favorite mashed potatoes. Like it was all mm-hmm. very similar spread i thought that was fun so yeah i made stuffing which was just stovetop because nothing's better than stovetop stuffing Mm -hmm. to me but but i'm like the only one that eats it and maybe one other kid a little bit but so it's basically just for me yeah but so i made a small amount yeah and then we had cranberry sauce that i got from whole foods and let me tell you we all took a bite and was like i threw it away (gasps) no that's your favorite thing i know but i like literally the canned jelly like the can mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes out and it has canned ridges and you just it. That's what I like. This one I was like, oh, let me try. This is Whole Foods like pre-made cranberry orange sauce. Mm. It's gross. I'm so sorry to hear that. I made cranberry sauce too and it was delicious. Mine has pineapples in it. Oh. It's very yeah, see, good. I never make it. I have it is the, one It is time, the jello but... kind though. Right. Yeah. In fact, it literally has jello in it, like right. cherry jello and lime jello or lemon jello, maybe. Yeah. 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 It's just that's like, meh. I don't like making it. I just like to yeah. take it out of the can. You know what I did do this year, though? What? I spatchcocked my turkey. I saw that. And I just liked that name, so I had to mention it. Yeah, I saw spatch-cocked that. Spatchcocked it. I don't know what that means, but it sounds fun. I don't know where they came. I keep asking Emery, like, I need to look up the origin of this name because why that's what they call it, I don't know. But it's literally you take the backbone out of the turkey and then you, like, you cut it out and then you turn it around and push down on the breast and it, like, cracks it. Like, I don't know if okay. it's the one that cracks, but, like, something cracks and then it lays flat. Yeah. Okay. So you cook it flat and so it cooks evenly and quicker than a whole turkey. That makes sense to me and did it. Yeah. I, it only took an hour and a half to cook the turkey and and it was perfect. And I mean, it still it just tasted like a turkey. So you I mean, I think you play around with the seasonings to see like since cause it doesn't make it taste any different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a way of cooking method. So we had to just play around with like seasonings to get our turkey to like taste good, I guess. Mm-hmm. Turkey's turkey. Yeah, I was wondering if it was something to do with the position in which she was laying 
Because <laughs> you sent yeah. a picture and it said, and I was like, I don't know what that means. I like the word, but I don't know. I what know that means. exactly. Have a great dinner, guys. <laughs> and it's funny because just two days before, it was like a friend of Emery's told him that that's how they were doing it, and we were like, let's do it. I want to take out a turkey's backbone. <laughs> I cut that backbone out and spitchcock it. <laughs> hey, listen, cooking birds is barbaric. Mm-hmm. Tell me I'm wrong. No, like, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. If we people that are probably not Amer- like from the U.S. that don't eat things like that are probably like, what are they doing over there? <laughs> yeah. What are all these pictures of like <laughs> accosted birds? Not that I like yeah. a bird. I'm just saying. Yeah, barbaric. I just had a conversation with somebody who's got had somebody coming from another country. I cannot remember which country it was. And she was like, they won't eat anything that I have. So I don't really consider like that I'm cooking for them. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of off my numbers list because they're not going to eat it. And I'm like, really? They just won't? <laughs> they won't even try? They're like, no. <laughs> huh. So anyway. Very interesting. Well, we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and... Ours was not eventful. I don't think yep. yours was eventful. It was very low key, which is how we like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then spent the weekend with fam. So yeah. we hope you guys have done the same. And now we're on to Christmas. We are. Here we go, Christmas. It's Let the games begin. <laughs> yeah. But before that, I have a case for you. Okay, great. Okay. Here we go. Today's case was sent to us by our listener, Suzanne. Oh, hello, Suzanne. Hello, Suzanne. Thank you so much for sending us. She sent us um, this in an email, and it takes place in an area that is well known to us. Oh, yeah? We are going back to Vermont. Oh, my gosh. Uh, How weird. Is it Burlington? Yes. Well, not specifically, but Burlington's, like, part of it. Okay. Yes. It's it's that area. Like everything is within like 30, 40 minutes probably of Burlington. So yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Vermont's not very big. No, no, it's not. And it's They're really funny. Climbing the list. Literally what I've written in here is like more things have happened in Vermont than I have ever expected because I know, I think the first case we were like, oh, it's so pretty there. It's such a nice state. And like, you don't think of, because there's definitely states that you think of when you think of heinous crimes. Florida. Texas. (laughs) Exactly. Vermont is definitely starting to creep into my head. Specifically on our little pod, which is wild. Right. I know. Exactly. So, okay. Suzanne's husband was friends with the victim in this case, and he said that he was a really good person and a hard worker. For me, I don't know how you feel about this, but it always seems a bit harder to like research a case that one of our listeners has like a personal connection to 100% doing it at this moment. Yes. Because it's like one, it makes it sadder. Cause we're like, Oh gosh, this person knew somebody. And then it's like the pressure of making sure that we do it justice and we don't like screw it up <laughs> in some way, shape or form. A hundred percent. It's and the fact that like our listeners trust us. Mm-hmm with their friend or their family member's story is very humbling. We were just talking about this yesterday. Yes, we were. It was really weird. And I wanted to say, oh my gosh. I mean, yours was a different situation, but like, I was like, oh my gosh, I literally wrote that in my narrative. Mm -hmm. How like, it's just crazy what they're trusting us with and how 
almost more pressure, but yeah, totally. So anyway, um, and it's also another case that there's not a whole lot of specific information. You know, it's the same thing repeats in all of the articles that you read. And so sometimes you have to dig a little bit further to get something, but anyway, that's okay. okay. So this week's case is about David Auclair. Okay. David was born on March 2nd, 1974 in Burlington, Vermont. Okay. That's the tie-in right there. To Robert and Danielle. He had one sister named Melissa. David was a property manager for a company named Tronos, which I tried to look up and for some reason I can't find anything about it. So I don't know if it doesn't exist anymore, but I feel like it would mm. still have an online presence because this isn't yeah, I would think that long ago, this story. And so I don't know. I can't find it. So anyway, it doesn't matter. David married Angela George on March 3rd, 2001, and the two had five children between them. Some from previous marriages, and I think okay. mainly for her because all of the kids have George as their last name except for one. So they have Corey George, Thomas George, Matthew George, Nicholas George, and Daniel Auclair. Okay. It is unclear because, again, the background information is kind of missing if Daniel was his from a previous marriage or theirs because I don't it. know the ages of everyone. So anyway, they lived in a small town called Moncton which has a population of about 2,000 in 2020. David loved to ride his motorcycle and loved to support charities specifically for children. So already I love the guy because mm-hmm. something close to my heart too. So And his name is David and I just really like a David. David's good. Yeah, my Except, dad was David, but yeah. Have, have we ever – my kids have this thing with the name David and they'll be like, David, David. For some reason, when the name David comes up, it's like, I don't know if they heard it in a show or a movie. And so every time you say the word, the name David, they'll be like, David, David. That's how my dad talked too. Like, I feel like that's how he would have said his name. (laughs) Okay. okay, David would also ride in charity rides all the time. On July 12th, 2019, Angela reported David missing. She told police he had been called into work the night before. I think he went to work into work that night and then never came home. But again, unclear as to why she would have called him in or reported him missing. Okay. Because he's a property manager. So I'm like, well, what did he have to do that night before? Like check on a property or it's so it's not clear. Again, I tried to look up the company to know like what kind of properties they manage and I couldn't Mm -hmm. really find anything. So anyway, that's why I kind of hit a wall with this. But on July 10th, So two days before that, police had responded to calls from residents hearing gunshots around 10 p.m. near the La Platte Headwaters Town Forest parking lot. So this is like, I don't know, I guess maybe like five to 10 minutes away from their house. It's like a a trailhead. So it's where you would go to park and walk a trail. When police arrive there, they find a man who had been shot 11 times. Oh, The victim had some grease on his hands, and it appeared he had been trying to crawl under his pickup truck that was close by to get away from whoever was shooting at him. Mm -hmm. His autopsy report would say the cause of death was multiple gunshot wounds, which is pretty obvious to everyone. Mm -hmm. He would also be identified as David Auclair. Wait, two days before he was... Well, so kind of like a day and a half, because... This was 10 p.m. on the 10th, and she reported him missing on the 12th in the morning. So, like, kind of a day and a half. But, yeah. 
Okay, but she said he went to work the night before. Right. So that doesn't make sense. She's lying. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure I'm on the same page here. I'm glad you're listening. Okay. (laughs) So when they searched the scene, there were no shell casings left. They did recover the bullets from David's body, so they would eventually have something to compare it to. Police spoke to a few witnesses who stated they had seen three different cars in that parking lot around the time, and they had surveillance video from a ring doorbell. Love those ring doorbells. Uh-huh. That was close by. That didn't necessarily catch the person on camera, but recorded that there were 14 gunshots that had gone off around 945 oh. that day. Okay. Police clearly questioned Angela and other family members, and because, you know, that's what they do. They start at the inner circle and move out. Mm -hmm. Typical police tactic. They would not have to look far, though. The key players in this case do not seem to be too swift and did not do well in covering anything up. And you're going to pick up on things as we go on this case. Okay. Police would quickly find out that the call for David to come into work the night before never happened. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, come on. At least, like, fake that call from somewhere. I mean, you got to think. In advance, people. Mm-hmm. The night before the murder, a friend of David's came home from having dinner. So this would have been the night before he was murdered. Okay. He had dinner. David and Angela had dinner with a friend. Mm-hmm. And he came home to find out that his house had been broken into and there were several guns missing from his safe. Mm-hmm. The last time they had checked for these guns was July 4th. So And so they were like, they went missing between July 4th and July 10th, essentially, because okay. we, we looked in there and July 4th for whatever, I don't know. Do you, do you do that? Do you like check in your gun safe every now and then just to like make well, sure they're there? I mean, like, do I? Well, I'm just <laughs> saying like, is that because it seemed like that's why they went into it on July 4th. They're like, we wanted gotcha. to make sure they were in there. And so I just didn't know if that was like something that gun owners do like. Oh, let's just make sure they're in there at some point so that we know if they went missing when they went missing. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Fine. All right. Well, anyways, they knew between July 4th and July 10th that at some point during that time, but they assumed that it happened when they found that their house had been robbed. Right. One of which, one of these guns matched the caliber of of bullets that David was killed with. Mm -hmm. There were nine millimeter Beretta guns or... Um, what are those bullets? Sorry. Uh And then the other one that was missing was a 12 gauge shotgun. The nine millimeter was the one that was used to kill David. Okay. When they searched near David and Angela's home, they did find shell casings by their house that matched the gun and surveillance would show like some other ring doorbell from somewhere that someone had been shooting the, a gun the same night the night that the guns were stolen, as if they were like practicing shooting it. Oh my near the house. gosh! Yeah. Three days after the murder, the gun and a cell phone were found in Lewis Creek, that is somewhat in between the park that David was found in and his home. Okay. Police found that this was a burner phone that had made only two phone calls from it: one to a Rite Aid pharmacy. No idea why they would call a Rite Aid pharmacy. And one to David at 9.15 on the night of the murder. Okay. When police questioned Corey George, one of Angela's sons. Now, I'm assuming they questioned them all 
but he is literally the only one that's mentioned in any article. So it was Mm -hmm. like they honed in and they didn't like care to share information about anybody else and their alibis and whatever. So it's discovered that he has a record, five felony convictions, including a robbery of a jewelry store employee as they were leaving work in 2007. That is the only one that is mentioned in any Mm -hmm. article. None of the other convictions and what they are were mentioned. Okay. Because most of his records, I believe, are sealed based on what I've read. It's a bit confusing, but I believe the court records revealed a troubling upbringing and evidence of Hmm. physical and mental illness. And so for some reason, that was just deemed that it didn't need to be public knowledge. So they sealed. Yeah. And he was a minor too. Likely. Yeah. So Corey provides an alibi stating that he's at a friend's house in Burlington, which is about 25 minutes away from 8 p.m. to midnight, and his girlfriend was with him that night of the mm-hmm. murder. Okay. This friend and his girlfriend, Kristen, corroborate this alibi. Alibi. On July 22nd, a woman named Amanda Spinks comes forward. She's Corey's ex-girlfriend. All she right. states that the week before David was killed, she heard Corey and Angela talking about killing David. Okay. They mentioned buying a disposable phone and calling David to lure him out of the house, and then they would shoot him. She questioned Corey about it days later, but he just said, oh, my mom was just kidding. I, I'm Who kids about that? You know, we this – I understand that you don't – it's difficult to take somebody serious when yeah. they say something crazy like that. Like, you're like, oh, my gosh, you are so crazy. Like, I get that. But – Talking about murdering someone is never a joke. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't think. No, no, it's never a joke. I mean, the most that I would say, be like, oh, I could kill him, you know, but like, right. That's not me joking about actually doing something. It's me just like, that's, which is a terrible way to express like frustration with someone. Right. Should never say that, anyways. But yeah, like, who? Who says all that stuff? And they're like, oh, oh my mom's just kidding. She's yeah, just kidding. I'm going to get a burner phone and lure him out of the house and then shoot him in a parking lot with a stolen gun. Just kidding. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a little bit ridiculous. That is crazy. Oh, but I get it, though. I get it. People say crazy stuff. Well, yeah. And of course, you're just like, well, what do I do with that information? I don't know what I would do with that information if someone said it. Like, I don't you I know. Maybe tell David. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of context she had, but clearly she was around him and his mom and she's an ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. which has been brought up that she's the ex-girlfriend and why would they be talking about this in front of her the week before? Mm-hmm. And that possibly she is lying because she was upset about the breakup and whatever. But I don't know the timeline of that. Like, did they just mm-hmm. break up or right. was it like years ago and they're just still friends? Who I don't know. But anyways, police take this affidavit anyway. Amanda also told police that David had recently been giving Corey a hard time because he was selling marijuana and THC cartridges and he wanted his kids to do right in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty valid thing to want. I want my yeah. kids to do right in life and I find that if I find they're selling things and I might get a little upset with them as well. Right. Um, it is also stated that at this time um, that – David and Angela's marriage seemed to be unraveling. So they weren't Mm. the happy couple that maybe everyone else thought they were. They were still living together, but 
Angela was in a relationship with someone else named John Turner. I do not know if David was aware of this or not. That is unclear. Okay. Angela is also questioned, excuse me, about where she was the night of the murder. And she said she was at home and that their own security system would corroborate that. Police did search their home, by the way, after and did take some things into custody. The security system was not one of them because they stated that at the time. They saw the equipment there, but there was no wires attached to it and did not look operational Uh at the time that they were there. So they just left it and didn't do anything. Okay. On August 2nd, police completed a search of Corey's property and found a shotgun, not the 12-gauge shotgun that was stolen from the other, like at the same time that the Beretta was. This was a shotgun that was reported stolen in upstate New York in the spring of 2019. So months before all this. Corey was friends with the people who reported it missing and apparently was also at the campsite at some time, at some point with them. So, but I don't think that they suspected him at the time, but this is the shotgun that they found. Okay. Corey would eventually be arrested for possession of a firearm in September of 2019 because of his criminal past. It was illegal for him to be in possession of a weapon. Sure. Sure. He would later be sentenced, I think, November in November sometime to eight years in federal prison for this gun charge. Oh. While he was in prison, police start putting a case together against him and Angela. So mm-hmm. him and his mom. In October of 2019, the friend that had corroborated Corey's alibi initially came forward and stated, Corey did come by that night, but I'm not really sure now what time it was. Okay. <laughs> Like, may not have been there from 8 to midnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She also state, stated that when he came, he asked her for ammonia to clean his hands and clothes. He stated that he had been teaching Kristen how to shoot a gun, and he did not want to get in trouble with his parole officer, and ammonia is the only one thing that can clean gunshot residue off. <gasps> Sketchy sketch. Uh, and then she stated that he proceeded to take what she called an ammonia bath. What Do you have ammonia at your house? I do not. I don't either. I mean, like Windex has ammonia in it, I think, but that's the best I could do for you, Corey. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why she had it. But anyway, apparently hmm. this is what it is. I also looked it up and apparently like ammonia is an ingredient in most things that like gun cleaners oh it's not like stated anywhere that that's the only thing that can get gunshot like when you when you (laughs) i love our google searches when you search how to clean gunshot residue off your hands a lot of places just say soap and water works well yeah well they say don't don't let them wash their hands if they're a suspect don't let them wash their hands yeah so i don't know why he had to but anyway it doesn't matter Surveillance footage from a neighbor of the friend whose guns were stolen. They finally get that. And Mm. that shows that Corey was dropped Mm. off at that house the night of the robbery. And then he exits the home with a bag. And then he gets picked up by the same car that dropped him off. Which would later be identified as John Turner's car. His mom's boyfriend. Oh, she had a boyfriend. Yes, that's why I said that. Oh, okay. She was living with him, but was. Oh, that's right. Okay. I remember now. 
So, and text messages and location tracking of your cell phone match them going to the home, like where they had gone, like where, Mm -hmm. because they also looked at text messages between him and his mom that night because she was at dinner with the friend. So it was like she had gotten the friend out of the house and there's text messages like, you're going to have to meet at the mall um, food court and go from there and whatever. And so like all the location tracking, like tracked with that Mm. movement of them. Police also tracked down where the burner phone was brought was bought. It was bought at the Rite Aid that they called. So I don't know if huh. like when they bought it, they called the Rite Aid to like make sure it worked properly. Yeah, like a test. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this was in Milton, Vermont, and it was purchased with cash. Mm-hmm. But they used a frequent shopper ID when they purchased it. <laughs> oh my! They and wanted this those I- points. This was ID was registered to Corey's friend, not too swift. Here's this is like uh-huh. all the points where I'm like, seriously, guys, come on, like <laughs> use cash, but then you were like, oh, let me put the phone number in. <laughs> no, yeah, right, do that anyway. They also tracked Corey's cell phone location for the night of the murder, and it showed that he was in Hinesburg, Moncton, and Williston before and after the murders, which is not near Burlington and in the vicinity of where the murder took place. Mm-hmm. John Turner, the boyfriend, Angela's boyfriend, would eventually admit to driving Corey over to the house in July where he stole the guns. Corey's girlfriend, Kristen, was also with them at the time, and she stated that Corey's mom had called him and asked him to run an errand for her and that she was just stayed in the car the whole time. So, like, mm-hmm. dropped Corey off. She saw – like, they went and picked him up, and he had come out with a bag. So, for all mm-hmm. she knew, she was he was getting stuff that his mom had asked her him to go get. She didn't. So they didn't know it was guns and certainly didn't know that he was stealing for a, a murder. Well, Chris, that's what Kristen said. Okay. I don't know what John – John never states really what he knew. Okay. But he's not implicated in any of this. So maybe it is possible that they didn't share anything. They were just like, come pick him up, bring him there, and then bring him home or something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she saw him walk out with a bag but was unaware of what was in it. So Kristen also comes forward and tells police – that Angela had come to her after the murder and says, make sure that you tell police that you and Corey were at your friend's house in Burlington on mm. that night. So she's also tampering with witnesses. Mm-hmm. So in December of 2019, Angela is arrested as an accessory to murder. Mm-hmm. She's also charged with obstruction of justice because she at least she had tampered with at least one witness and told them to lie about where they were that night. Mm-hmm. They also passed a no contact order and prevented Angela from contacting people from prison as they thought that she may try to convince others to lie for her at the time. Mm-hmm. It is determined that Corey and Angela will have a joint trial, which is mentioned. Yes, the, the, it's mentioned so many times in the articles that it's like it's the first time it's happened in 50 years. Like it was very unusual for that mm-hmm. to be the case. Yeah, well, I guess they're just saying if one person's guilty, then the other person is too. So there's no point in. Right, they're just going to use the same evidence against both of them. Right. Kind of like they did in the Congdon case, but like didn't work. But mm-hmm. it was two separate trials. So I don't know. I don't know which makes sense. But anyway, in August of 2020, Corey started negotiating with the prosecution for a plea deal. He oh, stated he's turn on his mom, is he? Aww. He stated that he would testify against good old mom. They had some secret meetings, the prosecution and Corey, and secret filings of documents, 
and closed court proceedings surrounding this. That's why there's not a lot out there because you can't even find the court mm. stuff because it's all closed. Corey wanted to keep it all a secret from his mother because he said he was afraid for his and Kristen's life. Huh. And so at first that was kind of denied. They were like, no, you're not getting an order of protection. But then all of a sudden everything was done and sealed. So I don't huh. know. I think the Supreme Court gave it to him. Anyway, so of course, this is in 2020. Everything then slows down because okay. COVID is happening. So basically, we take years to come to fruition. But on September 5th, 2023, so like literally not that long ago, mm-hmm. Corey pled guilty to conspiracy to ki- commit murder. Prosecution dropped the burglary charges, obstruction of justice, first degree murder charges in exchange for his testimony against his mother. It's conditional. So if he at some point does not testify or takes it back, then he will then be brought up on all those charges again. Okay. Okay. He will testify that he did not pull the trigger once, that the only trigger person was his mom, Angela. Oh. And that so he was just conspiracy, like stole the guns, brought them to her, but did not pull the trigger. Corey had called David stating that his car had broken down. And when David arrived to help him, Angela shot at him 14 times, hitting him 11. So did she follow David there or was she already there? I I would imagine that she followed because I would imagine that if David saw her car there, he would. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's possible that he would call both of them like, hey, Mm -hmm. I need help. Whoever can get here faster. So I don't know that I don't know. But it is stated that the three cars must have been David's, Corey's, and Angela's. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey would face 18 years to life at sentencing. I don't think he's been sentenced yet. My biggest issue with this is that if he didn't fire any shots, then why did he have to take the ammonia bath? Oh, yeah. The only thing that I'm like, well, unless it's like, well, because he did, he like test fired it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or he got it on him because it had been fired. I don't know how long gun residue stays on a gun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's mm-hmm. my biggest issue is like you shot nothing, but you still had to take an ammonia bath. I don't know. But whatever. Angela is pleading not guilty and was due to have a court hearing on October 4th, 2023. The judge has since delayed the trial until at least early 2024. Just prior to her court hearing, Angela had started to raise concerns about her attorney saying he was not properly representing her and that she would like a new one. And the judge was like, work your differences out. That's bull. Like, no. Anyway, turned out that her lawyer had not provided Angela with a large number of documents related to the case that he thought he had. This is what he states. He thought he had given it to her a long time ago. And so now they're giving them time the judge determined that they needed sufficient time to go through all of these documents together before the trial, which was why it was delayed until at least early 2024. So I'm going to have to keep an eye on this one so I can bring an update to you. Mm -hmm. But I will say back in October of 2021, David's sister organized a 26 mile memorial ride from Bristol, Vermont to Waterbury to celebrate his life and raise money to go to one of his favorite charities to support, which was autism speaks. Oh, love that. Yeah. So So why kill David? I don't know. I don't, and I don't know if that'll come out in, in her trial. Like, cause I, 
to me, it seems like maybe this was all her idea. And right. But they but weren't together. She had another boyfriend. Well, they were living together. Right. Yeah. But they were like, we're done. And obviously, so was it maybe money? Like, did he have life insurance? I don't know. There's nothing out there. And I don't know. And for all I – and everything that I can see, like, he was such a good person. And mm-hmm. that the only issue was that their marriage was falling apart and he was giving Corey a hard time because he was selling drugs. Right. Didn't seem like he was being that hard on him, though. This is no, like, true evidence of anything, like, major except gave him a hard time. <laughs> well, that seems so senseless. I mean, not that there's ever a good reason to murder somebody, but yuck. Yeah, I know. It's awful. It's here, And it's your wife and your steps. Like, you got your yeah. kid to help you murder your current husband? It's messed up. This is something wrong. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleg- uh, I'm sorry. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. We'll call her allegedly Angela. Okay. Good name. <laughs> That's really sad. Um, yeah. And David seemed like so nice and I just don't understand yeah. what happened. And so like you shot at him 14 times. Like, yeah. That's, that's a lot. A lot. He was hit 11, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say that one article says nine, one says 11. I'm pretty sure the 11 is the correct one because I think it was yeah. mentioned more often. But um, yeah, t- just overkill. For- exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's awful. Which would make me think more Angela shooting right. than right. Corey because Corey's like, I'm just doing what my mom's telling me to. Right. So I, I do believe him that she's the trigger person, but I'm just confused about his ammonia bath. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not I'm, I'm not up to date on like how to cover up a murder, <laughs> shockingly. Well, well they didn't do a very good job anyway. <laughs> yeah. They didn't do a very good job. They did they definitely made mistakes not thinking of security cameras, using shopper ID numbers, like Mm-hmm. They they made a whole bunch of mistakes in this. Leaving and the so, bullets by their house. But like. picking them up at the scene. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. It it was it's just a mess. And I'm just I'm I feel bad for our listener and her husband who was actually friends with him and a hundred percent, yeah. Their so family, shocking. the rest of the family. Because now the kids mm-hmm. the kids that are left don't have either parent. Mm-hmm. Or their brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's so tragic. Well, thank you, who, um, Suzanne. Yes, mm-hmm. for trusting us with David's story. Um, it's very sad. Yeah, and tragic, and I'm sure it's like shocked the small town of Moncton, Vermont. <laughs> yes, you got it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a notable name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't murder people. You're going to get caught. That's your PSA for this Monday. Mm-hmm. Because there is our eyes in the sky everywhere. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. Yeah. I mean, you, you're you not going to ever get away with it, I think. Mm-hmm. Not in nowadays. Nope. Not with all, all us sleuths out there. I know. We'll come find you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll stay tuned then to see what happens next year on Angela's trial and hope that David gets justice, whatever that looks like continue justice thank you very much for the case and um thank you guys for listening we appreciate you super much come find us on social media let us know what you think 
about who the trigger person was and that'll be fun. We'll just wait to see what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And if you like what you hear, we've got more content over on the Patreon, so you can scoot your way over there. If you're listening on Apple, we would love for you to hit that five star and give us a review because we just like to hear what you guys think, and it's like a love bomb for us. So that's always super fun. And I think that's it. Have a great week. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.